Mind Vibe, a mental health podcast for everyone. Since our first episode in 2016, we have been sharing stories of recovery, engaging with experts, and tackling the stigma associated with mental illness. The Mind Vibe podcast is produced by Ontario Shores Centre for Mental Health Sciences and is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Mindvine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers. I'm your host. And today we're talking something a little unique uh, to our podcast. So obviously being a mental health hospital, there's lots of things that make this place run. And we try to always be a, a leader in quality and providing the best possible care to our patients. And there's a lot that goes into that. And today we're going to talk about, you know, a subject that's kind of uh, burgeoning here at Ontario Shores uh, with two experts. So we'll start with introductions first, then we'll get into what we're here to talk about today. So we have Dr. Mary Chu, who's our research coordinator, and I got to make sure I get this right, knowledge mobilization specialist. And we have Natalie Lowe, who's one of our uh, knowledge mobilization champions. So in case you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking about knowledge mobilization, and that's a big word um, that people may not fully understand what that represents. So maybe we can just start talking about uh, knowledge mobilization and, and what that actually means. Sure, I guess I can jump in. And Natalie, if you uh, wanted to um, uh, jump in as well, like uh, uh, feel free to do so. But um, I think knowledge mobilization is not necessarily a novel idea, um, but um, it is essential in the research world uh, because we need to kind of um, uh, made aware um, of, you know, like what the evidence and the research uh, findings and the knowledge that is created, generated from uh, from research. We we need to make uh, make that aware, um, make that available, and uh, make people aware of the of those findings. And then we need to um, get people excited about it. Um, so we, um, uh, you know, trying to find you know like a, um, a partners and uh, people who are of the same uh, kind of um, uh, mind and uh, interest uh, in in what we're generating. And then we we will be able to uh, make changes uh, with these um, knowledge. And so that's in a gist, it's um, awareness, partnership, and then changes uh, based on the knowledge that uh, we have uh, generated. That's knowledge mobilization. So when you talk about what that means at Ontario Shores, what are some examples of knowledge mobilization and action? Well, knowledge mobilization has been done uh, actually at Ontario Shores for a long time, right? And uh, so some of the um, uh, departments that are actively doing that is, you know, like professional practice, quality, um, COD, um, and really is, you know, like a turning some of the um, clinical evidence or, you know, like the frontline knowledge and uh, lived experience from our patients into, um, you know, action items. Um, and, you know, that's why we have change ideas. Um, and and then, you know, really um, measure, you know, like the impact of, you know, like, a, you know, these uh, these changes um, that we make. So. so maybe Natalie can add to that, you know, somebody who, you know, works here, uh, you know, we have positions and, you know, number of capacities at Ontario Shores, clinical, non-clinical, everything in between. Why is it important that this is happening and how if I'm, you know, whether I'm in clin a clinical role or environmental services, like how am I impacted by uh, knowledge mobilization? It's a fair question. 
Um, and I think that's the interesting thing and the unique piece about knowledge mobilization is, well, it is primarily, I would argue, um, an academic or research component. You find it in various different uh, streamlines of professions. You, know, mm-hmm. you can find it in project management. You can see it in CEOD, professional practice, uh, regardless if you're clinical staff or allied staff. Um, it is a key component that I think we're already doing here at Ontario Shores. We just potentially haven't identified it as knowledge mobilization. So when I think of knowledge mobilization from a non-clinical role, I think of things like partnerships, collaboration, stakeholders. When we begin to develop new initiatives or new projects or new programs in the hospital, we look at it as a collective. And when we look at it as a collective, we say, well, who are the people that we need to incorporate to develop this? Mm -hmm. Who are the voices that we need to come and provide that feedback? It has that co-design piece ingrained within it. Um, And we do a lot of co-design piece here at Ontario Shores. I think this is just another streamline to do that, where you really can begin to look at things holistically and say, what's important here? So whenever we work on something, we look at the why, the how, and the who. So why are we doing it? What is it that we're doing and who is it going to impact? So when we want to roll things out to an end state, we want to make sure that what we're rolling out is actually fitting the need of the people that are going to be using it. So whether that's a clinical practice or whether that's the EOS, those responses, those shared experiences, those voices and stakeholders that are participating early on, you're getting that buy-in early on so that when it hits the, when it hits the audience that it's actually going to be used for, they're able to have an understanding of why we did what we did, what we're doing, and how it's going to impact them and their roles. You mentioned the EOS, and we, that's the Employee Opinion Survey. Yes. And I think that's an example that we, we talked about before, but in this context, um, that people on Ontario shores and our external audience um, it, it might be a good example for them. So the, for those who don't know, the EOS, the Employee Opinion Surveys, something we do every couple of years where it's a wide range of questions that really dig deep into the fabric of Ontario shores. So your day-to-day life, as well as big picture um, issues. And I'm wondering if you can kind of take us through that relationship, you know, what happens with the EOS and uh, how that knowledge mobilization occurs to make um, the environment better? Yeah, great question. Um, so when we think about the employee opinion survey and its relationship to knowledge mobilization or vice versa, the employee opinion survey, we look at it as a way to um, gauge feedback from our employees through qualitative and quantitative feedback. We work collectively. So at the very beginning of the program or the process where knowledge mobilization is represented is we say, yes, okay, you know, we want to have an employee opinion survey so that we can gauge employees' feedbacks. We can drive strategic objectives. We can drive department-specific goals. We can drive programs and projects moving forward. That's where we take that feedback and encourage it to kind of influence those directions. From a knowledge mobilization piece, when we think about the collaboration and the partnership streams, we go out to the community in Ontario Shores. We start that early momentum where we can say, how can we get this information and the importance and the value add from the employee opinion survey? And how can we communicate that early on throughout the employees in Ontario Shores? We do that through a variety of different means. 
um, of representation. So we do an early call out for participants where people can be a champion of the employee opinion survey where frontline staff are saying, you know what, I want to be that subject matter expert. I want to be that SME where I can support my peers in understanding what the EOS is, how it can um, gauge their feedback and why it's important and what it's going to do for them as an employee and the organization as a whole. So we have that early call out for um, our EOS champions. We provide education seminars to them. We answer any questions or concerns that they may have. We incorporate their feedback to say, you know, what are the Q&As that they're going to be asked when they go back to their units? How can we support them in having the information that they need to drive this forward? We look at other areas um, to communicate that information, such as the current, our e-weekly, our wave. Um, we do multiple emails through management, non-management, clinical, to ensure that there's an awareness and ensure that people have an opportunity to share their voice early on, to influence or to potentially even just provide that feedback and that buy-in to say, hey, have you thought about this? Um, have you incorporated questions um, that talk about mental health in, in the workplace or work-life balance? So it allows us early on to develop something with our third-party vendors. So again, when you think about collaboration, partnership, stakeholders from a knowledge mobilization standpoint, it's not just looking in-house in your department or in-house your organization. You may need that subject matter expertise or that external voice from that external stakeholder, which is why we have a third-party vendor um, that you know works with us to gauge the, uh, those questions, to develop those questions with us. To, and it's completely, when it is rolled out, you know, hopefully we've had the right collaboration, partnership, stakeholder, voices incorporated, so that when the staff are required or asked really for their participation, because it is voluntary, um, that they feel that they have the confidence, the understanding and the know-how to say, yeah, my voice is valued. And, you know, as a result of me participating in the employee opinion survey, I can drive change. I can be a part of this change. Um, I can start to see my voice in the strategic design and the organizational objectives in driving change. Um, so it's really important for those partnerships and those those stakeholders, whether that's, you know, within your small circle or broad externally. Um, and it's really about just ensuring that you you have that holistic view versus just, you know, me working in isolation and then handing you something, Daryl, and say, can you run with this and implement it? And you're like, well, I have no idea what it is and I don't understand the value. Right. It's about creating that understanding of value early on. And I think that's a piece here at Ontario Shores that we're already doing um, in various different areas. The EOS is just one that's a good example of it. I Sorry, I just wanted to, um, you know, respond to and um, how Natalie was saying, you know, it's important to involve um, uh, the right people and the right voices, um, you know, at the beginning of the uh, of the process. And that's because, you know, like when you're uh, when the organization, you know, like we have an objective, you know, that. The objective of the EOS is uh, obviously to um, hear the voices of the of the employees, and but then do they actually find that you know like um, uh, meaningful and of value to them to you know like uh, to provide their voices? Um, that's something that we need to make sure that they do right. Um, so like making sure that it is a, a meaningful process uh, is uh, uh, for the um, uh, for the for the employee is is also very important. And having the champions to to kind of you know like um, mobilize your uh, your process and your survey 
uh, process uh, uh, forward and, and making changes afterwards. Yeah. 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 I think what we're talking about is like you have the learning piece and you have the action piece, mm -hmm. the opportunity to be a part of the process mm -hmm. throughout. And uh, for somebody that's uh, maybe leading change or um, knowledge mobilization, it's, you know, like it's, it's, it's a model, it's a roadmap, mm -hmm. think, right? And exactly. so you mentioned earlier about getting people excited about this. So I would think a lot of organizations, not just Ontario Shores, have been doing this for years, mm -hmm. but maybe in a more informal way. Mm -hmm. Where it's just been happening, and sometimes the loop gets closed, uh, sometimes it doesn't. Whereas this uh, model maybe ensures that that loop does get closed, that that you know there is that feedback, the reporting, the expectations, the the value add. So why should not just Ontario Shores, but organizations, whether they're like ours, whether they're businesses in the community, like who can benefit from having a formalized model like this? all kinds of organizations can actually, you know, like um, use the model of knowledge mobilization. Um, and the, I actually was uh, in a, in a uh, kind of like partners uh, meeting uh, right before um, this uh, recording is, and they said, you know, the, what we are doing at Ontario Shores um, with the knowledge champions um, and building them up and empowering them um, is uh, is actually the novel part uh, of our model. Um, the it's just so like um, everyone knows what who uh, our knowledge champions are. So um, knowledge champions, um, you know, the way that we are defining it uh, at our organization um, are individuals, uh, staff members, uh, can be uh, clinical staff, can be non-clinical staff. Um, they are, um, uh, you know, uh, being trained up uh, to learn about the basics of knowledge mobilization and given the, you know, the tools uh, to kind of um, enhance uh, the way that um, evidence and knowledge is being um, moved uh, to the next stage, um, you know, to influence uh, change, to influence uh, policy and decision making. Um, so, and they, um, uh, you know, like uh, we, we have a community of practice uh, set up uh, for these individuals um, at the organization. And so the novel part of it is that, you know, in a, um, uh, say like an, in, in a, a research uh, uh, environment, um, knowledge mobilization is usually done um, by knowledge mobilization specialists. And, you know, there is like a um, kind of like a central uh, hub of, you know, like a, where knowledge is being processed and, you know, disseminated or mobilized or translated, um, you know, through uh, reports, um, manuscripts or, you know, conference um, conferences, uh, presentations, etc. Um, but what is uh, unique about, um, you know, uh, training knowledge mobilize, uh, mobilization uh, champions is that um, the process is being streamlined, if you would, um, because say, for example, we have uh, a, an offense practice nurse um, in forensics. Um, she is, um, you know, seeing day to day, you know, like uh, these opportunity for changes. And she is um, uh, well connected uh, with, the, with the team and be able to kind of, you know, um, develop the knowledge and the evidence for, um, you know, to, to inform these changes. And then she can then and, um, you know, put it into practice, right? So like the, um, the 
advantage of having uh, knowledge um, uh, champions embedded in uh, their specific um, uh, specialty and uh, and their uh, realm of practice is that you know they can they don't need to um, go through um, the the research environment. Um, they can do it right there, right then, where the opportunity exists. Um, so that's uh, that's our knowledge champions. And and to answer your question, you know, like this model um, can actually be applied um, in, in corporate environment, um, in um, in other you know healthcare setting. Um, and uh, especially in the mental health um, hospital setting, actually, um, because uh, the knowledge, when you think of it, is is not only um, research evidence or you know clinical evidence, but you know like we you know at Ontario Shores, for example, we em emphasize the importance of lived experience and expertise, and these are knowledge as well, like from um, you know, from our families, uh, from our patients. Um, how are we going to mobilize you know their lived expertise? Um, to influence changes and policy making and decision making, and that's important. Just as you were describing that example of the nurse on a unit mm. seeing something that uh, would benefit from a change and being able to do that and document it, and I would think there was some advantage to even employee engagement because that would be um, that could be a frustrating exercise being in a situation where um, you, you see opportunities for improvements mm -hmm. uh, can't make them. Uh, and then they can't be passed along to the other shift or the other uh, person coming in that, uh, that day. Um, in is that something for our champions that creates that excitement that you mentioned earlier, that opportunity, the empowerment, or what are some of the things that you're hearing from our champions about their experience? Um, we are at the very, very beginning stage, but I already have, um, you know, talked with Natalie and, you know, like a couple of um, uh, champions there, the early adopter of, of you know, like uh, and in, in terms of leading some of these initiatives uh, in their units uh, and their departments. And um, the general um, feedback uh, right now is that um, they, it gives them a purpose. Right. Like uh, when they are, you know, it, it's, you know, when they are in their um, uh, clinical environment, you know, so many things uh, happens. But if um, the if they are adopting the kind of uh, knowledge mobilization mindset. OK, so like um, it's it's almost like they are more attuned to, you know, opportunities for changes. And, you know, like where where is it that we can, you know, like uh, do things better? And then um, where do I actually find um, the evidence to um, uh, to kind of support, you know, like uh, this change that I'm hoping to implement um, and then going forward that way. Um, so it gives them gives them a, a way and a tool to also communicate with our leadership um, and, you know, with the um, with the evidence that uh, they're collecting, you know, like they're you know, day to day, you know, like uh, reporting to their directors and, and the directors, you know, moving it through to to the leadership. And it's actually, you know, like a very um, seamless way, if you would, um, to to kind of um, use evidence to inform change and, and then, you know, iteratively um, forming the next um, uh, question and 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 so on and so forth. So like when you think of it, it's kind of like the PDSA um, uh, model as well. So like uh, you know you have you start with a 
a problem, you identify the problem and or opportunity for change, and then you try to you know plan out you know okay so um, where do we where can we act, and then you um, continue with that uh, model, evaluating etc. So when you say research, very much a, or sorry evidence, it's very much a research term, but in that example you just gave, evidence could be my experience on the unit. Right? It could be what I'm seeing day in, day out. It doesn't have to be a scientific article that I'm referencing. It could just be um, what we're living. Is that right? That is correct. And that is the that is the uh, the message that we are trying to drive, really, is you know, like research sometimes can be um, uh, seen as a seen as a, a, a very narrow scope of things and you know, like you have, you know, these uh, very serious uh, researchers and and but but, you know, like uh, at Ontario Shores, I'm finding that, you know, like uh, we are actually looking at a very applied model um, because um, applied meaning, you know, like you really wanted to um, have your uh, knowledge um, applied into the uh, real life setting uh, where you can see change and measure change, um, the impact of your change. Right. So um, that you know, to answer your previous question is why it is exciting, because we are actually witnessing, you know, like how things are, you know, like invisible knowledge, I guess, um, is being um, applied in real life setting and then um, influencing change. So, For you, Natalie, as a knowledge mobilization champion, what excites you? Like, why are you involved and what has your experience been like so far? Um. What excites me? So I think what excites me is this novel idea of knowledge mobilization. When I started, you know, attending some of the webinars and learning more about it, it was kind of this aha moment where I was like, this is great. Why aren't we doing this? And I thought, wait, we are doing this. We just haven't named it. Um, these key features in knowledge mobilization are really to enhance quality. They can really be leveraged to incorporate when we look at Ontario Shores, you know, we we strive for excellence in our patient care. And when we look at Ontario Shores, we're innovative in our approaches. We're always looking at how we can be best in class with ensuring that we're doing the most current uh, practices for our patients. And it's really an opportunity for us to move forward into that direction. Um, I don't want to say that it is templated, you know, step one, step two. But what excites me about it is this new opportunity to potentially refresh or rebrand what we're doing and actually give it a name. Mm. You know, I think that, as Mary said, the invisible, the invisible is sometimes we just get so into the doing of the work that we actually don't think of the broader spectrum of it, of, you know, how many people is it going to impact and the large scale of impact mm. that it can have. And the tools and resources that I have had access to through knowledge mobilization have ha have added a new level of value to the way that I do work. Mm -hmm. So before, I mean, we again strive for excellence, but now I can almost take those tools and say, all right, you know, we're developing a new program. Have I checked all of my pinpoints here in knowledge mobilization? And I think of some of the templates that they've developed for, um, you know, you to kind of streamline your activities to make sure that you can identify those potential gaps that maybe you didn't have insight from because you haven't had that lived experience. It's that added professional um, expertise and guidance that I think can really enhance the work that we're doing and create 
more of a direct path in doing it versus sometimes our paths going like this, um, where you go, oh yeah, you know, I, I never thought to engage this person. Whereas with knowledge mobilization, it's very clear to follow and you can say, yeah, you know what, I want to do this. And I know that potentially as a clinical nurse working in this unit that I face this kind of a barrier. Potentially, you know, who should I be identifying? Who should I be raising this question to? Um, what are some proactive pieces that I can potentially start putting in and get that feedback and that buy-in early on so that other people can share their lived experience and say, I have the same thing on my unit. It worked here. How could we implement it here? Mm -hmm. So really, I think it's that sharing of information, that sharing of your lived experience um, and ensuring that you know we can actually give it a name so that people can say, well, what is knowledge mobilization? I want to learn more about it. Is that something that I could do within the scope of work and professionalism that I have? And I would say that it is a multifaceted, cross-functional aspect that can be incorporated in any department, any unit, clinical, non-clinical. So that excites me. <laughs> but even any business, too, right? Any That's business, important yeah. to know. Like, basically, what you're, you're talking about is... Uh, a way to deliver excellent customer service, mm -hmm. whether that is, in our case, like our patients are our customers, but sometimes our colleagues are our customers, right? right? And um, in the community, whether it's a restaurant or grocery store, it's trying to find the best way to do business and ensure that it's sustainable, yep. right? Identifying it, documenting it, and sustaining it. Um, as, you know, whether it's people here at Ontario Shores or in the community, if you want to learn more about knowledge mobilization, is there a place they can go? Is there uh, sites they can visit? What would you recommend? So Ontario Shores is actually um, one of the uh, non-academic um, partners or members of uh, Research Impact Canada. So um, this uh, partnership has uh, really um, has been very valuable uh, to us and for myself anyway. And I'm learning more that, you know, like our Knowledge Champions is valuing, you know, the tools and the resources that um, they're uh, they are giving us. So Research Impact Canada is a network of 25 um, different um, uh, institutions. Most of them are universities. And, um, you know, within uh, these uh, universities, um, they have their own uh, knowledge mobilization uh, programs, um, which um, uh, offer a lot of uh, different skills building and training workshops as well. So we also have um, access to those um, workshops and trainings. So um, if uh, anyone is uh, interested, um, you know, uh, our staff member is interested to learn more about knowledge mobilization, um, we do have um, that uh, resource and um, uh, connection uh, to Research Impact Canada and the network of uh, universities um, that uh, we are, you know, interacting with, um, you know, daily, actually. Um, and uh, we are uh, also revamping uh, the knowledge mobilization page uh, on uh, both our external and internal uh, website. Uh, and my goal is to uh, provide uh, some of the uh, resources and, and tools and some of the um, uh, YouTube um, uh, in, uh, clips uh, that are available. Um, it's kind of like a curated uh, resources uh, that I'm hoping to uh, made available for uh, staff uh, on our website. Well, thank you both very much for, for being here today. And sometimes um, some of these terms can be a little uh, tough to define just seeing them on their own, right? And uh, taking time to break them down and see um, how they relate to people's everyday work, I think really helps. So uh, thank you both for helping us do that and the best of luck. Thank, thank you. you. 
Make sure to like and subscribe and turn on post notifications. Thank you for watching Mind Vine Podcast.